Well, I get to the privilege of introducing the first video that you're going to watch today, and uh, this is a, um, it's a glimpse, a picture into uh, what took place back, is it, was it in March? I said April for service, but back in March where we partnered with uh, a church in Salina, Kansas to go down to Cienega de Oro, build classrooms for one of the church, which is the beginning phase of starting a child development program in the church. Uh, and so uh, they still need a kitchen and they still need uh, a uh, bathrooms. They need bathrooms and a kitchen. And we're working on that as a church to figure out how we can make that happen so that we can actually start another program in the community that we're at. Many of you sponsor kids uh, in Cienega de Oro. Uh, we have uh, just, just under 100 kids who are sponsored uh, from families in this church. And, uh, and for some of you, you've had the privilege to be able to go down to Columbia, uh, visit with your sponsored child, go into their homes. Uh, you're going to see some of that as well. And we get to celebrate the fact that we sponsored three new kids uh, while on the trip. Take a look at this.
Hey, everybody. We just uh, we just want to take a few moments just to share a little a little with you that we feel like God wants to wanted us to bring back to you this morning. And one of the things that I've realized about going to Columbia is when we first started going, you know, you, you always get that sense that you're going because God has given you to them in a way. Um, but every time I go back, and especially this time, I just feel such a sense that God has really given uh, <clears throat> given Columbia to us as a blessing. And uh, I know that that sounds cliche, and we say that all the time, like we learn more from you than from us, or we're, you're more of a blessing to us. But I genuinely believe that that's true. God has, has just shown us so much, and, and he's done so much in each one of our lives, especially those of us that have had a chance to go down there. And uh, one of the things that, that he really... That he really he showed me two words this year that I wanted to share with you. I'm going to share one now and then one at the very end when I wrap things up. But the first one is the word celebration. Um, I, I believe that God wants there to be more celebration going on in our lives. You know that in Psalm 118 it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That there should be rejoicing going on every single day when we wake up that there is something that we can celebrate because God is good, he is with us, he gives us the breath that we breathe, he gives us the breath that we breathe out and that, that he is our God and he has saved us through his son, Jesus Christ, amen? And so listen, if we're not a church that, that knows how to celebrate, then I think we're missing it a little bit because we are to be people that celebrate. And we were, we just were inspired by this uh, situation that happened. Uh, Pastor Ryan talked about, we had the opportunity in March to take a team down to do construction. And we joined 20 people from Kansas and we helped build some classrooms. And so we asked if we could come back and visit and see the progress of the classrooms because they've done more to it since we, since we left. And so they were like, oh my gosh, yes, we'd love to have you. So we expected we'd show up, the pastors might be there, might show us around, and then that would be it. We had no idea what to expect. Before I show you this video, I want to talk about Bree over here. Bree, will you just stand up for a second and just give a little wave to everybody? <laughs> Bree came to me. You can sit down now, Bree. Yes, you could stand if you want. Just get it all in. Um, Bree came to me quite a while back, and she says, God has put it on my heart to do a clothing drive for kids in need. And I said, you know what? That's perfect for the area that we're getting ready to go into in Columbia. And she had no idea where it would end up. But this area where we just built the classrooms, this is an area where they're building classrooms because there's 1,600 kids that they're trying to reach out to and help and take care of. So Bree collected a ton of clothes. Um, through her school, through people that she knows, through friends. We took down four suitcases packed full of clothes, and we delivered them to this, to this, uh, this church where we helped build the classrooms. And I'm telling you, and these people can attest to this, they were so blessed by this. So, Bree, God put it on your heart. Thank you. It's awesome. We celebrate with you what God has done through your heart to want to do that. And uh, so, so we pull up to the church, and this is what we see right here. Check it out. I 
I mean, come on. Can we learn a little bit about celebration from our friends in Colombia? Listen, I, I told the team, we were debriefing that night, our team time together, which we do every day. Which, by the way, Carlos Ramos, where are you? There he is. He led our team this year, and he, did, he knocked it out of the park. He did an awesome job. And so as Carlos was leading our debrief, debrief time, he said, does anybody have anything to share? And when it came to me, I just was like, you know what? I am dead serious about this. I want to just pick two times every year where we invite every single person to our house that has made any kind of a difference or that we're grateful for or, or that anybody that's done anything to make my life more blessed and better, and when they show up, we're going to have horns, we're going to have trumpets, we're going to have drums, we're going to have balloons, we're going to have signs, there's going to be dancing, and we're going to have a celebration. And listen, I want to tell you something. When you have gratitude in your heart, celebration will bust out. Celebration will break out when there's gratitude in your heart. When you're thankful and you live a thankful life, every day you'll recognize this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I won't rejoice and be glad in it because I'm so dignified. No, we will rejoice and be glad in it. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we had worship this morning. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, that was awesome. I picked the songs this morning, by the way. I thought I was going to be on the worship team because uh, I was scheduled for this week. I was excited about it. But I got this cough I can't get rid of. I'm all drugged up right now. It's probably why I'm not coughing, um, uh, which, is, which is okay. The Lord is in all of it, I believe, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, so this team led us in worship this morning. And these were songs of celebration. These are songs of freedom. We have to know who we are in Jesus. And when we do, we're grateful. Amen? And when we're grateful, celebration erupts in our lives. I'm not saying that your life will look like a celebration all the time and there won't be anything wrong. But in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trials and tribulations, we can dance, we can praise, we can give thanks to God for his goodness because he's always with us. He never leaves us. He's always giving us reason to celebrate. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm glad you said amen because I believe it. We got to go after we spent some time with this church, gave out the clothes, toured the classrooms. We got to go through the community. And this is a community, this is a neighborhood with only two churches. And so what we got to do is we got to go with people from the church who are on fire for Jesus. And we got to go and minister Jesus to this neighborhood and tell people about Jesus. Let me tell you what a stark difference between the church that celebrates and is full of life and full of joy and full of celebration. What a difference to see that and then to go out into the community and see hopelessness and despair. I'm telling you, Jesus is the difference. And Jesus is in that place, and Jesus is moving through that entire community, and he's using a group of people that are grateful, that are on fire for Jesus, and that are in love with Jesus Christ. And every single one of us came back. Am I right? Every single one of us came back saying, God, we want what they have. You know, a lot of times they look at us and they say, and I'm, I'm stealing this last part from Wayne Cadero, a pastor uh, in Hawaii. But a lot of times these people, they look at us and they say, would you pray for us that we could become more like you? And, and our response now after going down there this many times is, no, we will not pray for you that you will become like us. Please, you pray for us that we will become like you. Because in the midst of the difficulty of your lives, you guys rise up with joy and gratitude and life and passion. And we're inspired by that. 
So God doesn't send us down there just to help kids that are living in poverty. That is part of it. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. But God sends us down there so that when we come back, all of a sudden a conga line breaks out. What the heck? Now listen, I don't know if a conga line in church is appropriate or not. I don't know. I'm not saying yes or no. But I'm saying it's kind of interesting that when we get back from Columbia, that's when we see it happen. Am I right? I don't know what's going on. And my dad is the one who starts it. What the what the heck? Missionary, the guy that's Carlos and my dad, you got to get a hold of these guys. But I just want to say one thing, whether you like conga lines or not. We don't complain when nothing happens in this room. But oftentimes when something does, we get a little like, oh, I don't know about that. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We cannot, uh, now I'm getting off, this isn't even in my notes, but come on. We're not the frozen chosen. We're the people walking in freedom, and we're called to freedom, and we're called to freedom so that we, in Galatians it says, might serve one another. Amen? All right. I'm going to introduce a couple amazing people to you right now. We chose two people to speak this morning to share just eight minutes apiece. And the reason we chose them is this is both of their first time doing, doing anything like this. Both of them, God moved in their hearts. They started sponsoring kids down there. The first one is Greg. He got to take his, so this is Greg the second, Greg Jr. He got to take his son, Greg Jr., which we call G3 on this trip. Um, but man, these guys are awesome. And God just did incredible things in their lives, even if G3 won't admit it, right? Um, and then the second person is going to share is our summer intern. Man, this girl is on fire for Jesus. You're going to get a lot out of what she has to say. She's here all summer long. She's going to Life Pacific University right now, which is out in L.A. where Ryan and I, Pastor Ryan and Paul, all went to school. So, Greg, come on up here and you get us started. Give it up for Greg, everybody. All right, so first off, I'm Greg, and my wife, Kathy, my daughter, Raina, my son, Greg, who's the third, uh, went to uh, Chipley's Donuts, I think, with, with the rest of the youth group. Um, we are new to the church. We've been here since January 2019, so January of this year. Um, everybody here is just super nice, super welcoming, super loving. Uh, one of the greatest things we like about this church is getting to come every morning, or come on Sunday morning and get a nice huge hug from Barb. Um, she's just so wonderful. Barb and Al, you guys are just awesome. Um, also the coffee. I've never been to a church where you have, uh, you're free to bring your coffee into the, into the sanctuary, and I'm almost certain there's something in the coffee, and that's why we keep coming back, so it's, it's, it's really good. So... For the past two or three years, my wife and I have been trying to figure out a way that we can serve the community, uh, serve people that are a little less fortunate than us. Um, we've talked about spending uh, Thanksgiving going and feeding the homeless, or I even asked the kids this past Christmas that instead of getting tons of gifts this year, that they both get one gift and the rest go uh, to children in need. Uh, needless to say, they didn't, they didn't like that one that much. That's... <laughs> But they started to think about it, and actually they ended up agreeing to it. But 
Uh, unfortunately, we get busy, and uh, we're never really able to find something. You know, I did call around a few places to try to, to find some place that we could um, serve like that. And, and most places were willing to take your donations or take your, um, your, your food drive, your clothing drive. But, but it's hard to find a place that will allow you to go and serve and, and see the needs of the community. So it was kind of nice when we showed up here in January that uh, there was a video uh, offering uh, the uh, the mission trips to Columbia. Um, you know, they showed a video and and expressed uh, you know the need there. And after service, I asked my wife if she thought it you know what she thought of that, and she she was on the same page as me. She thought the exact same thing that it would be great for me and my son to go. And uh, and we really didn't give it a second thought, did we? No. Yeah, we didn't really give it a second thought. He just, you know, she said yes, and you know, we signed up. We wrote our check and and uh, signed up for the missions trip. Um, the trip itself was an amazing trip. I think uh, if you get the opportunity to go, uh, you should try to go. It's it's uh, very humbling. Um, the country there, first off, Colombia is a beautiful country, a beautiful place. Um, now, what's crazy is when we showed up there the first day, we had to we had to travel. Right, we stayed one night, and then we had to travel to our destination, and that was like a five or six hour drive. And uh, if you don't know how to pray, I kid you not, you learn how to pray real quick, because it was a scary drive, right? I mean, it was just, yeah, buses coming at you and weaving it in. It was just, it was interesting to say the least. Um, you know, so it was a, it was a nice long drive. Um, and on the drive there, you can't help but notice that you don't see nice houses like we have here. You see huts and plastic bags and tarps, you know, with the front door. Uh, the whole trip, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like uh, here in San Antonio where you can go through neighborhoods and see nice houses and some not so nice. And, uh, I mean, you just, it was just the whole, the whole trip. Everybody just was very, uh, very poor. Um, that first day that we got there, it was 101 degrees out, and it felt like 114. The church had absolutely no AC except for one room that they invited us in for maybe five minutes to, to go over a few things. But the rest of the church had absolutely no AC. It was super hot. And the way I describe it is on a 100-degree weather, on a 100-degree day, take a trip up to your attic and see what it feels like in there. It's hot. So when you go into some of these houses and some of the and into their church, it was even hotter than it was outside. Um, and they and they do this on a regular basis without complaint. Um, another thing too is we got there at seven o'clock in the morning for church service, and that service was jam packed, uh, even to a point where people were standing outside of the church to to uh, to be part of church. Um. We went and did some home visits, and that, again, is extremely humbling. I don't know if you guys saw in the picture or the video that she showed with, uh, with us showing up, and they're, they're clapping and, and had the trumpets and stuff. I don't know if you guys noticed there was a little river right in front that we had, to, we had to actually step over to get into the church. That's a sewage. That's their sewage line. Uh, in front of all the houses there, they just have this sewage line that, that runs across because most of them don't have restrooms. Uh, their buildings, again, their houses are like shacks, the dirt floors, you know, they don't have nice tile floors or hardwood. They had dirt. 
Uh, again, it was super hot, holes in the walls you could literally see inside of their house. Um, yeah, it's it's a very a very humbling a very humbling um, experience. Now, I I think it's awesome that our church has uh, partnered up with Compassion International. They come in and they help provide children with much needed medical. Uh, checkups, nutritional food, health, and hygiene training, and they also teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Another neat thing that uh, we saw while we were out there is um, they helped, this church has helped build 60 bathrooms uh, for, uh, for the community. And a lot of times the bathroom was the nicest thing in their house, but 60 is just not enough. I mean, they, everybody, I mean, we, we take for granted that we have running bathrooms, and they're, you know, some of them have been lucky enough to get a bathroom with a sink, a toilet, a shower. Um, we also had the opportunity while we were there to sponsor a little girl named Stephanie. She's a beautiful little girl. You might have saw her up there. We were taking pictures with her. She had a blue polka dot dress on. Very beautiful girl, very humble family. Uh, another thing that was crazy, I don't know if you saw one picture, they had the whole family on one bike. And I can't express, and we were driving up and down highways, and they had, I mean, you had a family of four, and they'd be carrying ice chests on each side, just, you know, uh, one of them, I mean, had, he had a little baby sitting on the front, on the, on the uh, gas tank, who couldn't have been but nine months old, and he wasn't even holding on to him. That baby was just there. It was, it's crazy. Um, so another thing, too, that, that I really enjoyed about this trip and really, how it really blessed me was to see that the funds that you do give, so it's $38 a month, right, to, to sponsor one of these children. And a lot of times you see these info commercials on, on TV saying, hey, if you sponsor a child, it only costs $38 a month and you can feed them for a month and all this great stuff. But we always have in the back of our mind is that, does that money really go where it's supposed to go? So it's really nice to go and actually meet the child that, uh, that we're sponsoring and see how the church is using the funds to bring, uh, to bring everything that they've brought to that community. And they're doing really an amazing job. So now that we're back here uh, in America, back in San Antonio, which I thank God that I'm an American, I, I, I tell you, um, I get a chance now to reflect. And what I, what I realize is we are blessed people. We are blessed to be Americans and, and we take for granted so many things that we have that they don't have over there. Again, like running water, air condition, uh, walls without holes, nice flooring, nice vehicles, good careers with decent incomes, healthy children, easy access to medical care. Uh, the list truly is endless. Again, we are very blessed people. And with that, I, I started thinking about it, and it, it brought me to a... It, it, it reminded me of a, uh, a Bible verse, uh, Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 23. And it's basically it's Jesus is leaving Galilee on his way to the other side of Jordan. And he's being questioned and tested by some of the people. And uh, one, of the men, one man comes up to him and asks him, and I'll just read the verse here. Just then a, uh, a, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what things must I do to enter eternal life? Jesus asked, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which one? Keep the commandments, duh. Right? It's like, how hard was that? Anyways, keep the commandments. Which ones? 
Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor thy father and the mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these have been kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of, of God. Now, if you guys don't know what the eye of the needle is, there was a huge gate for Jerusalem, and they didn't just open the gate up for anybody. There was a little side gate and really small gate that you had to kind of hunch down to get under. And what it says here is it's harder, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And basically, these camels are huge. They'd have to take off all of their baggage, kneel them down, and shove them through. You know, I'm sure somebody was on the other side pulling while somebody was on the backside pushing to get the camel through the eye of the needle. And and really, that made, me, that made me think, you know, we may not see ourselves or think of ourselves as rich people because we're here in America. But I guarantee you that on the outside looking in to these Colombians that, that we went to, to visit, we are rich. And I'd venture to say God looks at us and thinks to himself that we are rich. So when was the last time we had a meal and we thank God for our meal? Now, I know we all sit down and we bow our heads and we pray and we say, rub-a-dub-dub, thank God for the grub. Amen, let's eat, right? I, I want to know when was the last time we truly thanked God for a meal? And what's crazy is over there, they're so grateful and they're so thankful because they have so little and they don't know when they're going to get their next good meal or, or if they're going to be able to provide themselves with clothes. So when the young lady over here got, you know, that, those four suitcases worth of clothes, I mean, they start, people started crying. They were so grateful and thankful for that clothes, and I, that, that was an awesome job. And, uh, and it, it, it makes me think, when do we ever thank God like that? If you hadn't eaten for two days, and you weren't sure when you were going to get your next meal, I guarantee you the next meal you received, you'd be down on your hands and knees thanking God, truly, and with a grateful heart thanking God. Now, the people in Colombia were so grateful that we came down, and again, I was wondering why, and, and I, that's what hit me. It's They have so little that everything that they do receive, any help that they do receive, they're able to be grateful to God, and that just goes to show that we are rich and blessed people, and we need to remember that. So my sales pitch for you guys today is really it's only $38 a month. $38 a month can help a child in Columbia get medical checkups, nutritional food, health and hygiene training, clothes, clean water, the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know for me and my family, we're a four-person family. i got my wife and my, my two children. If we go to the movies, two children's tickets and two adult tickets, that's $38. I mean, I, I went and added it up. It added up to exactly $38. And that's before popcorn, before soda, before candy. If we go to Chick-fil-A, two chicken club sandwiches, two kid strips, 
and two milkshakes, $38. Don't hate me, ladies. But getting your hair done. <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. We'll leave that one alone. Priceless, right. And I asked my wife, I said, what, what could men get rid of, right? And we came to agreement there's, there's nothing men really have to do. We don't, we don't spend money. <laughs> the point is that we can hold back just a, a little amount. $38 is literally nothing for us. For them, it's life-changing. For them, it's maybe even saving a life. It, it, it really is huge. And I, I brought something today just to kind of show you guys. I went to the bank, and they walked me out with this uh, briefcase and a security guard. $38, guys. $38 can make a huge difference. Well, I didn't bring a briefcase with me, so I don't know. don't have that to show you guys. Um, my name is Jasmine. I am the summer intern, and I have the pleasure of serving alongside this amazing church community for these next uh, five to six weeks. Um, yeah, woo! <laughs> so I had the opportunity to go on the Columbia trip with the amazing team right here in the front. Um, and this was actually the first trip, missions trip, that I have been on. And to say the least, it is probably one of the best missions trips that I will ever get the privilege to go on. Um, it's funny when you hear so many stories about people going on missions trips and being a part of the amazing things that are happening um, all over the world in other communities and other cultures. Um, and it's great. Like, you, you know that God is moving, but it's a different story when you are able to be a part of that movement and invest into what it is the Holy Spirit is doing outside of the United States. And so... One of the greatest things I was able to do when I was out there was uh, get the chance to sponsor um, a little boy, six-year-old boy. His name is Sebastian. Um, not knowing that this was going to then be a part of my story and then be a part of his story as well, the Lord just really moved in my heart um, and in my spirit when I was there and uh, really led me to want to go ahead and support what is happening out in Colombia. And so I get the opportunity to um, be his sponsor. And out there, they actually call sponsor parents um, godparents. They call them godparents. And so in the Hispanic culture, if you know a little bit about Hispanic culture, um, madrinas and pad padrinos, whatever that is, um, those are basically the spiritual advocates for the child that you become a godparent to. And so it's not only you being a part of their family, you are then a refuge for that child. You become their second family. So if something were to happen to their parents or the people that they're guardians of, you step in to be their caregiver. Um, that is not only financially, but you also begin to raise them up spiritually um, and you become their spiritual covering for them. And so taking that in and knowing a little bit of the cultural aspect of what it means to be a godparent, 
um, it just really moved a lot more in me to really just thank God for what it is that he has given me to be able to give back um, to not only Sebastian, but to his family. Um, And one thing that I really began to realize um, and ponder on after I kind of made the commitment was what I'm doing now and the investment that I am giving now is not only for the present in his life and his family's life. It is also for the future. And I was also having a conversation with somebody before this service, and they also told me, I am helping with his past as well. I am redeeming his generation. God has given me the opportunity to pour into his life. That is not only for the present, for the future, but also for what has been labeled on him and put on him in his past. This is a movement. This is something that we get to be a part of. His story is now intertwined with mine and mine intertwined with his. And what a privilege it is for me to be able to walk alongside him as he grows up into this amazing man of God. And I can say, God, you placed me in his life at six years old. And the amazing things that he gets to do now for you is because you moved in my heart. And I was able to be transparent enough with you to be open, to receive, and to see what it is that you wanted me to see in that opportunity. For me, being 21 years old, I have not experienced a lot of life. I have not seen probably half of the things that this little boy has seen, and he is only six years old. He did not ask for the life that he was given. He did not raise his hand and say, God, choose me. He's just living the life that he was given. And he received it. And I get the opportunity to come in and walk with him and show him the love, show him the mercy, show him the grace that God has shown me. And to me, that is the greatest honor and the greatest blessing beyond the financial aspect of it. That I think partnering with compassion and doing what it is that we're doing out in Colombia, that is what feeds my soul, is knowing that this little boy now has a bright future, all because I decided to step out of myself, see what it is that God put in front of me, and do something about it. I'm a third-generation American. My great-grandma came here. She is an immigrant. And so going to this culture, that's my culture. Those are my people. I am investing into what it is that is a part of me. Being a third-generation American, I'm privileged. What am I doing with my privilege? What am I doing with the blessings that have been given to me, the faithfulness of God over me? What do I have to show for it? A Disney pass? A Netflix account? (laughs) Hulu? Like... All those things add up to the amount of money that I am giving to see this boy have something that he probably never would have thought he would have been able to receive. And so I hope you guys don't take this as we're trying to guilt trip you into supporting these kids, but realize that those kids are our family, just in another country. And it is your, I don't want to say obligation, but it is your opportunity to be able to support your family when you see them in need. 
and not turn a blind eye and not say, oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, next year. Oh, when, it, when Compassion Sunday comes around again, then I'll be ready. No. Change starts today. Opportunities are given to us for a reason. And whether we decide to take those opportunities as they come, that's kind of up to us. But no, there's something way bigger here than just the financial aspect. You are a support system for these kids. You are a love, you are an image of God's love to them. And you might be their last hope for that. And so that's really all I have to share, Jeremy. And so. So good. So well said. That's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I just want to wrap things up this morning. And uh, not only am I wrapping up this morning, but I'm also wrapping up our time here at LifeHouse. As many of you know, we are heading to Portland, Oregon. And this is our last Sunday with you. Um, and uh, it's so bittersweet. We love, we love you guys so much, and we love this church so much. And and so I just thought, like, what is, how, how, do I, how do I end this? And it's one and the same, ending the Columbia and ending our time here. And that's just with a Bible verse that I feel like God gave me for all of us. And I hope you don't hear any of what, what, we're, what, you're, what we're saying this morning as these preachers that are preaching to us and, as Jasmine said, trying to make you feel guilty. I hope you hear it as as God inviting you into something really beautiful and something really wonderful. And so the first word I talked about was celebration. The last word I want to leave you with is the word dedication. And uh, I just want us all to know, as God has spoken to my heart so clearly, that when we, when we dedicate our lives to Jesus, we dedicate our lives to those that are needy, those that are poor, those that are, are desperate, those that are marginalized, outside looking in, we dedicate our lives to those. That's what the call of Christians is, is to dedicate our lives to those who what we have, they need. Amen. God has given us much grace, and so now we get to turn around and extend that grace to others. God has loved on us and poured his love out on us. That's what it means when it says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And then the second commandment, which is equally as important, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that's what we get to do. And so this word dedication is just something that I felt like the Lord gave to me to share with you. And here's the Bible verse that he put on my heart. And this is from the message paraphrase of the Bible uh, in Luke 6.38. And I just want to read this as, as kind of my, my parting words to you. And, and in, in gratitude and thanks for who you are as people and who you are as a church. It all fits into this as well. Um, so here we go. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. It's so good. I don't want to move on quite yet because let that sink in. If you give away your life, you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. And I, I, one of the things about LifeHouse that is very well known is just the spirit of generosity that is here. Pastor Ryan and Kelly are some of the most generous people I know. 
And there's so many generous people in this church. And my encouragement is to continue in that spirit of generosity. The Bible says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so as you refresh others, don't let it just be generosity financially. Let it be generosity and giving your life away to somebody else. We're not meant to live this life for ourselves. We're meant to give our lives away, to give our lives to Jesus, which then at the same time is giving our lives for those that he wants to send us to. And I want to end with this video because it was such a beautiful moment there in Colombia. Um, Ed and April Gomez got to take their amazing daughter, Isabella, who was such a blessing on the trip with us, uh, to Colombia. And uh, they've gone before, but this was Isabella's first time. They sponsor two kids in the area that we're in. And one of the boys that they sponsor, one of the kids that they sponsor is a little boy named Moises. And I love this kid. I have known him now for four years. And the first time I met him to today, he's a different person. He's got life. He's got confidence. He's got love. He's got, he's got future hope that he didn't have the first time I met. And I want you to watch this video because it was an inspiration to me of two worlds colliding. America, who is greatly blessed, amen? America, who God has given so much to. I want to just say this. The world needs the United States of America. And, the, and in the church, the, the, the American church is needed by people in different parts of the world. That's why it says to go into all of the world. Go and make disciples. Go and be witnesses in all of the world. And that's why we do this, because God is sending us to these people. So let's watch this video. And uh, I just want to share a little bit about what's going on in this video. We got to do home visits, and this is when the Gomez's got to go into this house and give gifts. That's, that's Moises there in the red. And he's just an awesome, awesome little man of God. And uh, he gets so excited with this little mat. Watch what he does right away. He Right away, he because uh, this is on a dirt floor, so he takes off his shoes right away. He doesn't want to get it dirty. And he look at the smile on his face. This is two worlds coming together. And this is the way I believe Jesus wanted it to be. This is how it was meant to be, that we don't see them as, as, as other or different, but that we see, as Jasmine said, as our brothers and sisters, as those that God would send us to, to make a difference in their life. There's over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about taking care of the poor and not ignoring those in their distress. And so here's just a beautiful picture of this interaction, and uh, that's his little brother there. This is their house, as you can see, dirt floors. We've got tarps up for walls, and then a couple beds where the, where the entire, entire family um, sleeps. So just as this video ends in closing today, in closing today, I, I just encourage every one of us who do we dedicate our lives to? Are we fully surrendered and dedicated to Jesus? If not, do it. Go all in. It's worth it. Surrender your life to him. And then let him use you in ways that will blow your mind. Sponsor a kid this morning if that's what God has put in on your heart this morning. And then go on a trip and go and meet the little child and see how God is using, their, using you in their lives. 
It's not that we have to go to Columbia to do this, but it's a part of what God has called us to as a church. He's opened that door for us to make a difference here in our city, which we're doing. We have many partners here in our city that we get to be a part of, but then we also get to go. God has given, it's a miraculous story, and we've told it a number of times of how we're still doing what God has called us to do in Columbia and everything that he's done over the last four and a half years through that. So God bless you all so much. Thank you so much for uh, being an amazing, amazing part of the body of Christ. Love you so much, and I will now turn it over to Ryan.